Hey, 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 everybody. How are you doing? Changed up now with Nation. It is your girl, Coach T. That's right, Tierra Curry. Coming back at you again with another dynamic show and an amazing guest. But before I get into that, I wanted to just say thank you again to all of my loyal listeners from around the world, the countries, the listenership. It's all been increasing and I really do want to appreciate you. Now, I do want to also shine the light on my new listeners as well. So if this is your first time tuning in, we appreciate you as well. We are Team Perseverance this way. So be prepared to be inspired as we share these different stories of perseverance. We are all about bringing inspiration to you. Now, here's a couple of things just in case you guys didn't know. If you would like to support the movement in addition to listening, I want you to keep coming back every week for more inspiration, okay? And then you can tell a friend, send them the info as well. And lastly, you can also head on over to my website at cu nw.com and support the movement that way. Back to the show. Calling all aspiring self-published authors. Now, I want you to join me this Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a two-hour party where we go through the steps of becoming a self-published author from start to finish in a safe and fun environment, which is from the comfort of your own home. We will cover the writing process, organizing the content for book chapters, creating a solid foundation for the finished manuscript, how to set up your KDP Amazon accounts, and much more. Bring the snacks and I'll bring the facts. Okay, so again, head on over to my website, cu-nw.com and click virtual book writing party. It's only $47 and classes are this Saturday at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time via Zoom. See you then. My next guest is a younger man with a seasoned soul. On this episode, we discussed real traditional gospel music. Now, at first, I thought that was just songs like Trouble in My Way, Amazing Grace, and Rivers of Living Water, you know, things like that. But it blew my mind when he took it deeper than that. And behind that deep voice of his, he still has his own challenges of perseverance he's had to overcome. Here to share his story, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome traditional gospel singer, PJ. PJ, how's it going today? Hey, Tierra, good evening. How are you today? I am doing great. And I just want to say that I have been so excited and couldn't wait to be on your show today. I want to thank you so much once again for having me. And I truly hope and pray that our conversation bless all the ears of our listeners today. Well, amen. I hope so as well. And thank you so much for uh, accepting my invitation, PJ. Oh, sure. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. Well, let me just start off before we ask any questions. Let me start off by saying, if you ever need a singer, (laughs) hit me up. You better sing. <laughs> you better sing. All right, now. All right. If I ever need an alto, I know where to go to. <laughs> I, I am. I am an alto. You know what I'm saying? So you know. Let me. Know. I know. I know that's right. I know that the sopranos get all the shine all the time. Y'all altos, y'all be holding it down. So I know. <laughs> yes, we hold it down. And see, I had to really put some thought into that because I know that you're not just any type of singer, you're traditional gospel. So, you know, oh yes. oh yes, I love me some Canton spirituals and all of that too. So, hey. Oh yes, see the traditional gospel, that's where it's at. Don't get me wrong. I love all the gospel, you know, that's out today and all the mm-hmm. gospel that, you know, that's been out for the you know past years and all that. I love all of it, you know, but the traditional gospel, the hymns and the spirituals, that's, you know, what really nourishes my soul. So I can't get enough of it. 
Yes, and we're definitely going to get into that later because I, I really know where you're coming from with that. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take our listeners on a journey today with All your right. story. And the first thing I want to know is what was the young PJ like? Well, you know, the young PJ, I always loved music. You know, I always loved music. There was always music around the house. You know, now I will say I don't have the typical gospel singers upbringing, I would say. You know, I can't say that, oh, I was raised in a house where there was no secular music being played and only gospel. To be honest, it was almost quite the opposite. I was raised on R&B and soul and jazz and blues and, you know, everything, you know, I was raised, uh, you know, pretty much listening to everything, you know, and I come from a family that loves music. I don't really come from a family of singers, but I do come (laughs) from a family of people that love music and all different genres of music. And there was gospel around, of course, but there was, once again, there was everything. So I was exposed to everything. And um, so, you know, I always loved music from a very young age. I always loved singing at a very young age. And, you know, as, you know, of course, as you're a kid, you know, you kind of just, you know, sing around the house and, you know, you sing for your friends or whatever the case may be. But when I got older, you know, in my teenage years, and I realized like, oh, you know, this may be something, you know, there may be something here. And that's when I took it more serious. And that's when I got more, you know, serious, of course, about my faith, you know, as, um, you know, of course, as you get older, you get more serious about your faith. So of course I got more serious about my faith and and then you know I got introduced to traditional gospel more and more and I just fell in love with it. And the rest is pretty much history. Okay, so I'm glad that you brought that up because that's actually my next question. Um, when did you discover your love for music and the traditional music, gospel music uh, in particular? What, like, what was that moment like for you? When did you connect? Oh, at a, once again, at a young age, but particularly, I would say, around middle school or high school. You know, it just, I just fell in love with it instantly. You know, and it's so funny because everybody else in middle school or high school will be listening to like Lil Wayne or, you know, all the Drake, all the people that's out currently. And I'm sitting there listening to Mahalia Jackson and all the people that was out back in the 60s. And they're like, what? You know, but I've always loved it. I just always connected to it. You know, and the thing about it was it never felt, you know, quote unquote old to me. It still I still felt it as if they were singing that at this very moment, you know, so I just always was connected to it. And I fell in love with it, like I said, at a very young age. And I've been in love with it ever since. Wow. So, wow. So did you do any type of talent shows, you know, in your youth? Oh, yes. I would say specifically in high school, you know, we had a couple of talent shows um you know that at the school and so you know i sang a part of a couple talent shows saying you know at a couple of funerals at a couple of church events you know things like that yeah i definitely did yep okay now you know singing as a hobby and listening to music as a hobby is one thing but um can you describe that moment that you discovered that you had an actual gift in that um you know, well, you know, the funny thing about that is, you know, to this day, I'm still discovering that, <laughs> you know, to be honest, if I'm being all the way honest, I'm still discovering that. But I guess the moment for me where I was like, okay, this is more than just, you know, you like to sing around the house. This is something that God has given you to use for his purpose. I think for me at that point, for me, it was probably high school. I would definitely uh, definitely say high school because that's what I was known for. You know, everybody, you know, everybody in school has their own thing. Like, you know, you have some people in high school that are known for playing football or on the cheering team. You know, everybody's known for different things. But me, I was known for singing, you know, whether it was amongst my peers or even the teachers and the principal of the school. Everybody knew me for that. You know, so, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, they must like what they hear if everybody keeps complimenting me all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. all right. You know, so it must be something there. But then I remember specifically, you know, um, my senior year. I ended up moving from New Jersey and I moved to Philadelphia, um, PA. And when I moved there, um, you know, I didn't know anybody. I was, you know, brand new to this high school, my senior year. And, you know, and it was kind of rough at first. It was kind of rough, you know, just jumping into a new school your senior year. But, you know, it was so funny that quickly I became known there too, you know, for singing. 
you know, and the funny thing is, <laughs> I guess one one way I realized that I had, you know, um, you know, I guess a gift is when I remember I applied for a lot of like I was applying for free lunch and get bus tokens to go to school because it was kind of a way for me to get to school at the time, you know, as I was applying for all these things and they were taking so long to get it to me, you know, but I remember I had sang for the vice principal one day and then she was like, oh, no, I need you to sing for some other people. And then, you know, I ended up singing for all these people in the guidance council office and everything. And I lied to you not, but the next week I had all free lunch and I had all bus tokens I could use for the rest of the year and everything else. So I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. You know, and, you know, they truly, you know, um, you know, believed in me and they were just pushing me and telling me that, you know, hey, you know, you know, you have a gift. And when you leave high school, you know, you need to consider pursuing something with your gift. And I, and that's when I really thought about it even more and saying, okay, it's more than just something I love to do. This is truly my calling. Now, PJ, were you singing, were you singing in the hallways, gliding by people offices, trying to hit some notes and everything? Or oh, I sure was. I was trying to be heard. By <laughs> I was trying to be heard by any and everybody. I, I sure did. People, I would get on people's nerve. I would get on people's nerve. Uh, I remember I was walking in the, in the hallway one day and I was leaving the bathroom. And I was walking back to my classroom and one of my classmates had walked by. He was like, PJ, shut up. You always sing it. Every time I see you, you singing something. And I was just like, well, when the Lord puts something in you, you got to let it out, you know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but here in the South, it was when I went to high school and middle school here, there was always a person with a pencil or a pen making a beat on the desk. So oh, yes. it's it's always something, like you said, that 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 we do you know while we're in school and we kind of find that and I wanted to know your story on that because when I realized that I actually could sing I was probably in I know I was in elementary I was probably in the second or third grade and we had um we had a musical a holiday musical and they they wound up getting us on the on the news so we had to go oh, to the wow. news and in these risers and sing but when i was in school singing right before that happened i don't know what happened pj it was like i drifted off and mm. i didn't have a solo but i mm. made it into a solo i was in my own world i had my eyes closed cuz singing was really a <laughs> uh, a release for me because I was yes, in foster. Yes. So I would go there and mm -hmm. I loved it. It just sounded so good, the choir singing together, but I was on the side just saying my ad libs and getting loud and projecting my voice, not even trying. And next thing you know, when I opened my eyes, there was a, there was, everybody was looking at me. And I remember this one lady, she just stared, mouth was open and she was just like, you go girl. And then, <laughs> I know that's right. Of course, I got nervous because then I realized, oh, people are really watching me now. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. But you name it, the talent shows, singing at the bus stop, singing in the hallway—that's just what we do, right? Oh yeah, oh most certainly. You know, in my in my high school, particularly at my high school in New Jersey, before I had left my senior year, we were known for just you know busting out and, you know, a song in the middle of the hallway in between classes and everything, or just being in the lunchroom, just start singing. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I, I would remember for me, especially when we would have a substitute teacher, the minute we would have a substitute teacher, people would be like, oh, PJ, sing something. You know, you know, it's just, you know, it's just Mr. So-and-so here, Miss So-and-so here. They're not going to care. You know, mm -hmm. just sing something. I'm like, okay, all right. So, yeah, we sang whenever we got the chance, you know, just start singing. Yes, yes. So tell me this, um, we're going to come back to that, but can you, for the people who may not know, can you describe what traditional gospel music is? Well, traditional gospel music for me, when I say traditional gospel music, you know, I mean that music that your grandmother was listening to. Mm -hmm. I mean that gospel music that your great-grandmother was listening to when you would go over her house on Sunday and she was cooking dinner, she had her records playing. That's the type of gospel I'm talking about. I'm talking about those hymns that if you go to church, they still in there. I know we don't open them sometimes these days, but they still in there. If you go to a church and you look in the back of them pews, those hymnals that you see, those hymns, that's what I'm talking about when I say traditional gospel. The spirituals are what I'm talking about when I say traditional gospel. The, the music that carried us over, the music that got us, 
you know, over so many years of oppression and depression as a people. You know, that's the gospel I'm talking about when I say traditional gospel music, because the music served a purpose then and it still serves a purpose now. Those words rang so true for us then and they still do today, which is why it resonates with me so much and why I will refuse to sing any other type of gospel but this, because it resonates with me so much, unlike anything else. Yeah, it's definitely like none other. But let me tell you about them hymn books. Man, it took me so long to appreciate a hymn book because mm. I didn't know that you're supposed, I didn't know the lines rule. You're supposed to read the first, what do you call it? Stanza, I guess. You're supposed to read mm -hmm. the first line, then jump down to the next one, read that. Like, <laughs> don't, don't do <laughs> I'm up here lost, okay? <laughs> I'm like, what are they singing? We all have the same books. But so for me, I didn't catch on to the hymn thing till later. But, you know, my church that I grew up in sung all those songs. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Yes, rivers, yes. Water, all that good stuff. Right. Yes. Amazing um, grace. Precious Lord. Yeah. Oh, yes. All that. Yo, yes. So what so what are some of your favorite traditional classics? You know, for me. You know, I love the hymns and, you know, of course you have the ones that we all heard growing up, you know, the Amazing Grace and Precious Lord, Take My Hand. As a matter of fact, those were the two songs that my grandmother would, you know, instill in me when I was, you know, a very young child. You know, she would instill those two, those are her two favorite hymns, and she would always want me to sing those songs. She would have me practicing those songs all the time. But, you know, I, and I love those, don't get me wrong, Amazing Grace, Precious Lord, you know, How Great Thou Art, His Eyes on the Sparrow, I mm -hmm. love those. But I really, me personally, when it comes to the ones that I sing, I sing the ones that we don't normally hear in church that often. But if you were to go to the hymnal, you'll be like, oh, yeah, he's right. It's number 239. It's in there. He's mm -hmm. right. But we just don't sing it that often. Like one of my favorite spirituals to sing or even listen to is called A City Called Heaven. I love that song. Now, it's not a song that you really hear that often in church, especially these days. But oh, my goodness. When I tell you, you it'll bless your soul. Caesar. That one? No, not that one. It's an oh, it's a it's an older spiritual. It's an older spiritual, and they well, they kind of redid it, you know, as far as like the styling of it. Because these days, when I hear it, it's usually a little bit more jazzy, and that's fine. But the version I love personally is the one they did back in the day, the one that you hear back in the fifties and sixties. You know, it's kind. I'm not gonna lie; it is kind of like a song that you might hear like at a funeral you know, more so, but it, it's something about that spiritual that touches me, you know, every time I hear it, you know, or even if I sing mm -hmm. it, it just touches me different. So like songs like that, or, you know, when it comes to, you know, hymns, you know, hymns like I Walked Into the Garden, you know, that's a hymn I've never actually heard anybody sing in church, but I absolutely love that song and it's a hymn. You know, there's another hymn called Alone, you know, where it talks about how Jesus died on the cross alone and he did it just for us. You know, songs like that, you know, older mm. songs like Lord Don't Move the Mountain, you know, which was done by the uh, late great Inez Andrews, you know, you know, songs like that are songs that really touch me and really move me. So, yeah. So once again, those are the type of songs I'm talking about when I say traditional gospel. Mm. Yeah, like I maybe you can maybe you can describe it a little bit better in your own words or you might be rolling with me, but I honestly cannot describe what traditional gospel music do for me. And even for me, it's not just traditional. I mean, I love me some earth, wind and fire in them too, you know? Oh, um, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, yes now. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's something about those types of songs that really get me. I, I could put together an old school playlist like none other and clean my whole house and and knock some goals out. <laughs> it really Oh, yes. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, it, it it really takes me places. When I was a teenager, I could sit in my bathroom tub for about three hours to where people are knocking on the door. You got to come out of there. We got to get <laughs> The music would take me somewhere. I mean, how do you describe what that type of music makes you feel like? You know, honestly, you can't. Like trying to describe to somebody how get how catching the Holy Ghost feels. There is no way to describe it. You you have to experience that 
for yourself. And, you know, it's funny when we were younger, you know, you think about being in church and you see people catching the spirit and everything and they, you know, they falling out, they shouting, they speaking in tongues. And, you know, to, you know, of course, when you're little, you know, you laughing or you don't really get it or you don't really understand. Even when you get to like your teenage years, you're still trying to comprehend it. But once you get, you know, a little older and a little bit more seasoned in life and you got some experience and wisdom under your belt, you start to really understand it for yourself. And it's nothing that nobody could have told you or explain to you that would really, that would really explain the feeling of getting that, of getting the Holy Ghost and getting the spirit and feeling God enter into you. And you just having to shout until you can't shout no more. You know, it's the same feeling, you know, with traditional gospel, it gives me a feeling like, un, like none other, you know, and like you said, you know, listen, I, hey, I, I grew up all the classics too. I grew up on Aretha Franklin. I grew up on Luther Vandross. I grew up on Patti LaBelle. So trust me, I love all that music too. Trust and believe, I do. But, you know, even then, there's nothing like the feeling of, you know, gospel music, you know, even the newer gospel music, it still gives you a feeling like none other. But that traditional gospel, mm-hmm. you know, that's, oh, that's the angel's territory right there. That'll have you shouting in the middle of the supermarket <laughs> right there. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm telling you, I have you knocking over all the peas and carrots all in the aisle and everything. You know, yeah. it's a different feeling. It's a different feeling. Man, it's like the music is a spirit within itself. It just oh, it definitely is. It's powerful. Now, can we, I'm going to push the envelope a little bit, but can we get a sample? A vocal Shh. sample. Sure, sure. Uh, give me a second. <clears throat> I'm okay. a matter of fact, since we're talking about traditional gospel, I'm gonna give you a, just a little bit, just a little bit of it's an older gospel song called "Somebody Bigger Than You and I," um, wow. and I absolutely love this song. So, so sure, guys, little- y'all, this is the first time that anyone has sang on the Fed Up Change Up Changed Up Now What show even back when it was fed up, change up. So this is exclusive. I'm excited. And I'm hoping that this brings a little bit more joy to your day. But I just want to hear the brother sing. And I want y'all to hear him sing too. So whenever you're ready, take us away. All right. I'm going to give you a little bit of somebody bigger than you and I. There you go. That's a little bit of that right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, y'all thought he was going to give y'all a whole verse and a whole chorus, huh? <laughs> well, to hear more, you guys are just going to have to keep up with PJ. So head on over to his IG as soon as the show is over. Keep up with him. Be patient. Good things come to those who wait. So, Tenor, am I right? Oh, yeah, well, sure. Yeah, that song, yeah, that song right there, I would say definitely is in my Tenor range in that, <laughs> in that song. Very yep. beautiful song. I've never heard that before. Wow. Oh, yes. Oh, that song blesses me every time I hear it. Once again, it's one of the older songs that you don't really hear in church anymore. But, you know, anytime I do hear it, like I said, it truly stops me wherever I am and it just blesses me. So, yes, I truly hope it'll bless somebody that's listening today. I truly hope so. Yes. Well, I just have uh, one more question as far as the art side of things. Um, do you remember what your very first performance was like? Hmm. Actually, I can. Yes, I can. I can say yes. Um, I can say I remember and it had to be like second grade. And I remember uh, my teacher pulling me to the front of the class and wanting me to sing the national anthem in front of my class. And um, yeah, and I, and I remember, you know, singing for everybody. And, you know, they all loved it. And one thing about it, I, you know, even to this very day, you know, I kind of, you know, I don't necessarily go around being boastful about, oh, yeah, I sing, I sing, I sing. You know, I mean, sometimes I do let people know, but a lot of times I also keep it to myself and I just, you know, it's just a surprise to people. So in my class, you know, nobody really knew that I sang or anything like that. So everybody's like, what? PJ's going to have to sing. Wait, what? You know, but then, yeah, she had me up there and sing the national anthem because uh, she had heard me sing. So that's why she did it. And, you know, all my classmates just loved it. And I remember them running up to me afterwards and everything. So, yeah, you know, it was such a great feeling. It was such a great feeling. And that's, I could definitely say that's one of the first times, too, I was like, okay. Like, yeah, this is, you know, this, I may be on to something here. I may be on to something, you know. And that feeling never goes away. Anytime you sing for somebody and, you know, you see some joy 
in their face. You know, you know, it never, that's the feeling never goes away. I absolutely love it. Okay. That sounds great. I know that was like a magical moment for you, you know, oh, yeah. and it finally clicks that way. Now we're going to go ahead and shift a little bit here. So mm -hmm. I want to know how has this pandemic enhanced you or changed your perception? Now you can answer this in two ways, personally and business wise. Well, you know, I will definitely say if we're talking about personally, you know, it really made me, um, you know, just do some self-reflection and really evaluate certain things, you know, in life. And I think to be honest, for most of us, that's really what it did. You know, even though the pandemic, you know, it, it was a horrible, you know, you know, time as far as people getting sick and everything like that. And, you know, God bless all those who are dealing with that or who have dealt with that that are listening. You know, I'm true. My prayers go out to you and your families. You know, it was a hard time for all of us, you know, but the one thing I will say, I looked for the blessing in it. And for me, the blessing in it was it was a time for everybody to be still and be quiet, you know, and just mm -hmm. sit with that, you know, and we don't do that. You know, we don't do that. You know, there's a study that says we're the busiest generation of any time. Apparently, we're like the busiest generation of any time. We're always on the go, always doing something. But, you know, for me, us being busy all the time, you know, I know we love to say, oh, we're busy and we're booked and all that stuff. But, and don't get me wrong, there is a blessing in that. But at the same time, there's an even greater blessing, in my personal opinion, to just being still. The Bible references a few times in scripture, the, you know, the importance of just being still and letting God, you know. So I do feel like this was a very great time for us all, and me, myself personally, to just be still and really listen to what God would have me to do next instead of just trying to busy myself. You know, so personally, I will definitely say it was an amazing time for some reflection and much needed self-evaluation and just evaluating certain things and even people in my life. You know, now, as far as business wise, I will definitely say before the pandemic, I was, you know, I was constantly busy, you know, being busy with singing at different churches. You know, every Sunday I was singing at a different church, you know, and it was truly a blessing and I truly do miss it. You know, but I was singing at like a, a different church almost every Sunday to the point where my home church, I only got a chance to go back and worship at my home church maybe like 10 times throughout the year. Other than that, I was always somewhere else. And I thank God for that. However, it was the same thing I was just saying. I was busying myself so much that I couldn't listen to what God was trying to tell me. So when this pandemic happened, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the churches shut down too, um, especially here in New Jersey, all of the churches shut down. You know, so I had no choice but to be still and just listen, you know, because there was nowhere to go sing and minister at, you know, but through me being still, that's when God was like, okay, you know, I took you to all these different churches and, you know, you did what I have you to do. And that's great because that's what I sent for you. But, you know, now it's time for you to do other things that you didn't make time for before, you know, before I didn't make time for doing any photo shoots or I didn't make time for trying to work on a demo. I didn't make time for, you know, I'm trying to build a website and making other connections. I didn't, I wasn't making time for that because I was so busy busying myself with going somewhere to sing. Mm -hmm. But ever since the pandemic has started, you know, I have been, you know, proud to say that I have been working on my demo in New York City and I'm super excited, you know, to be almost finished that. Um, you know, I've been able to do quite a couple of photo shoots, you know, that I, you know, that I really was happy about and, um, you know, and yeah, and make connections that I wasn't able to make before and network in ways that I wasn't able to before, um, simply because I was busying myself. So once again, in that being still, there was the blessing in that. It got me to do other things that I should have been doing along the way, but I couldn't because there literally was no time. So I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Okay. So you mentioned something during another conversation that we had that was, and I quote, just because you are busy does not mean that you're being effective. So can yes, you give somebody sure. a, a pointer on that? Because a lot of times we do feel like if we're not constantly doing something that we're doing nothing. And I, and I, I too agree that you could be doing a whole lot of nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> some, someone even went as far as to say, some, someone very successful went out to say that a lot of times you catch a lot of broke people busy 
and maybe mm-hmm. not just broken the pockets, but broken mindset, you know? Yeah. But yeah. what was, what was kind of, what nudged you to say, you know what, just because I'm busy with my hand on everything, it doesn't mean I'm being effective. I need to kind of center myself. Well, you know, the thing for me with that is, and don't get me wrong, I feel like we, a lot of us deal with that sometimes. Even me, I sometimes you still, you know, I'll get into the habit of, um, you know, if I'm sitting, you know, idle for too long, I'll feel like, okay, now I need to get up and do something, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I do understand that feeling, but whether it was in my own personal life or whether it was other people, you know, in my life or around me that I saw that they were just busying themselves. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with being busy, there's nothing wrong with going after the things that you need to go after and accomplishing the things that you're trying to accomplish. You know, that's fine, but there has but there has to be a time when you have to say, wait a minute, you know, okay, number one, I'm burnt out. You know, yeah. I need to take a little time for myself, you know, and it's okay to, you know, tell, you know, all your business, you know, you know, partners or, you know, your, you know, the person you're in relationship with or your people in your family or your best friends, you know, your coworkers, it's okay to tell them, listen, not right now, you know, you know, yeah. I don't mean any harm, but not right now. I need this, you know, I need this day for me, or I need this week for me and take some time for yourself. Cause we do so much, you know, once again, we busy ourselves so much that, you know, we burn ourselves out, you know, and if we not know, if we aren't any good for ourselves, you know, how are we supposed to pour into others? Mm. You know, I can't pour into you if my cup is empty, you know, I need my cup to at least be half full for me to pour a little bit into your cup. You know, so therefore I need to, in order to restore that, I need to take some time for myself. So that's one thing. And then the next thing I would say is I've seen, I see people, they're going after something and, you know, and they're, they're busying themselves, busying themselves up. But I'm like, it's almost like, you know, you're just, you know, instead of running, instead of running a race where there actually is a finish line, it's like you're running on a treadmill almost It's like you're running, but you're not going anywhere. You know, and it's just like, and I've seen people, they're doing a lot, but it's like, you know, and I don't mean any harm, but all that running that you're doing, where's it getting you exactly? Because no offense, you're no farther than you were three or four years ago, you know? So now don't get me wrong. I do believe in everything in divine timing, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, even in divine timing, God will show you signs that, you know, just hold on, be patient. You know, you're on the right path. Keep doing what you're doing. God will show you signs that you're on the right path, but you know, but then there's also a time to know that, you know, what you're doing is just simply keeping yourself busy. And truth be told, you're not really on the path that God would have for you because you're too busy doing what you think is best mm-hmm. or what you think is right. You know, um, so I would say this, that once again, it kind of links back to the whole thing I've really taught myself in this whole pandemic of just being still and listening to God. You know, instead of busying yourself, take some time for yourself. And, you know, whether you got to isolate yourself in your bedroom or, you know, go in your car or go get you a hotel room for the weekend, whatever you got to do and just isolate yourself where there's nobody but you and God and just be like, you know what, God, I'm here and I'm listening. Talk to me and I promise you, God will talk to you, you know, and tell, you know, and, and talk to God. That's really, you know, when we talk about prayer, that's really what prayer is. Prayer is just having a conversation with you and God. It's not some rehearsed you know, line that you're supposed to do or some rehearsed scripture that you're supposed to say and then say amen and walk about your day. It's an honest conversation between you and God. That's what prayer is. So therefore, have honest prayer, open and honest prayer between you and God and ask God to lead you and guide you and direct you in the way that God would have you to go. And I promise you, he'll do it. You know, now it may not be in the time that you want it to be in. It may not be as fast as you want it to happen. But Mm -hmm. trust me, if it's truly meant for you, it will happen and it will happen for you you know, in abundance, you know, but, you know, but you have to be willing to listen to God. Don't just busy yourself just for the sake of busying yourself. And like I said, you're just running on a treadmill. You just, that's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. And like I said, but there's, but the thing about it is, yeah, you're doing all this running, but there's no finish line. There's no, there's no point where you could be like, okay, I finished. I'm here. I'm at my destination, you know? So take time, you know, from being busy, take time from, you know, your comfort zone, and really just evaluate, you know, everything that you're doing, mm. you know, evaluate where you're trying to go, you know, and be honest with yourself. See, a lot of times it's hard to be honest with yourself. It's very <laughs> hard to be honest with yourself. You know, we could we could pick out all the problems with other people, but when it comes to ourselves, you know, you know, we can't, you know, never seem to quite do that, you know, but be honest with yourself, you know, um, 
you know, you got, you know, you have to be honest with yourself and just say, okay, what I've been doing so far hasn't been working. You know, what do I need to do different? God, show me what should I be doing different, if anything. You know, and if God truly shows you that maybe there is nothing you should be doing different, then fine. Then you know, keep doing the path that He would have you to. You know, keep going down the path He would have you to go. But I promise you, if you're honest with yourself, especially if you've been doing the same thing for quite some time and you're just busying yourself, I promise you, you may not like the answer, but I promise you the answer that you'll get, you know, is, you know, what's going to help you get to where you're trying to go. Because sometimes you need that tough love, you know, and sometimes people are not going to give it to you. So you have to give it to yourself. You know, you have to give yourself, you know, tough love. That's why I can't, you know, no criticism really hurt my feelings because trust and believe I am my own worst critic. You know, you know, mm-hmm. even when things may, you know, be, you know, good or things may sound good or whatever the case may be. And everybody's like, oh, no, that was great. You know, and I'll, I'll be beating myself up over it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not that I'm being too hard on myself. It's that, you know, for, for other people, you know, it may be perceived good or maybe perceived great or whatever. But, you know, only, you know, what you have to offer and, you know, when what you gave was half hearted and you have more to give and you could have did better, you know, so. Because right. sometimes. In your mind, it's like you want it to come out one way and you like basically, you know what you're capable of. And even though it was okay to everybody else as being your worst critic, you're like, no, I could have did better. I could have tweaked that a little bit. Um, Exactly. Yeah. So I definitely understand that. Exactly. But yes, but take your time and be still. Take your time and be still and listen for God and talk with God and have God to show you. The direction that you should go and trust me he'll lead you there but you have to be willing to listen and you have to be willing to receive that tough love you know whether whether god shows you that tough love in a, in a sign or whether you're talking to yourself and you're giving yourself that tough love you have to be willing to receive that so that you can move forward but just busying yourself i promise you you know it's it's not really you know it's it's not conducive to what i'm pretty sure you're trying to do in life you know you know what brother i call that i I have a name for that actually and i call that the the jonesha effect for us women because Mm -hmm. that's when i realized that just like jonah at one point in my life just like jonah i was running 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 thought i was going somewhere and really wasn't going nowhere it's kind of like if you're at the start if you're running track and you're at that starting line ready for them to you know to flare the thing, but to, to, to give the signal, it's time to go. And you go and you just keep running. But it's like, it's kind of like God has the back of your coattail and you're hanging. And you really think you're going somewhere, but you're really not when you're not going yes. in his will, the purpose yes. that was carved out for your life. It feels like you are, but you're yeah. really not. So you look you back, well be running on the hamster wheel. Yeah. You might as well be doing that. And then you yeah. look back, next thing you know, well, two years and past, five years and past, ten mm-hmm. years. And you're like, what where have I gone? Where have I gone? Yeah. yeah. Nowhere. Because you're not on the right path. Even though it looks like it's better doing it this way, you're really not. You, you, you got to learn, like he said, to, to not busy yourself so much that you're, you know, straying away from the call, that you're not listening to what God wants you to do. And exactly. you have to refuel yourself. Like like he said, you're pouring out of an empty cup. You can't do that. You can't be your your job is not to be the savior. You are no exactly. one savior. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gave you your mind. He gave you your body. And you have to take care of those things and refill yourself up or you will be no earthly good or spiritually good, you know, because you can get so bogged down with stuff and everybody else's problems on top of your own. You don't you you won't even know which way is up because you're too busy. Yeah, too busy. So y'all please take that advice that he was given about that because we just run, run, run. And you know, you know, you know the story about Jonah. Jonah really thought he was going somewhere. And- yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But you know, in the end, you find out what? You ain't really going nowhere. Wasn't I'm going nowhere. I mean, he went in the whole opposite direction. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's and, that, how- and that's what happens with us so so often that happens with us, you know, or sometimes we'll be on a path and 
you know, you were meant to do that for a little bit, but you got so hung up on that that you stayed there, you know, and, you know, God may have had you at that place at one time, but you got so caught up with doing that, that it's like, okay, God's telling you, okay, it's time for this now. And you're still too busy busying yourself with that first thing that you still stuck with that first thing five years later. And God's like, okay, I only wanted you to do that for six months. I was, I had all this other stuff planned for you, but you got, you know, so caught up in that. So yes, yes. Once again, it's very important to take that time for yourself. And like I said, talk to God and really be honest with yourself and what you're trying to do in life and where you're trying to go and how he would have you to go about those things. Don't just busy yourself because it sounds good to say, oh, I'm booked and busy. Okay, you're booked and busy, but what do you have to show for it? You know, so. Yes. And you guys, we just have a, a few more questions for Mr. PJ. He is awesome. He's doing a great job. I know. That oh, you- take your time. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having me a good time. You, gotta, you ain't got to rush. You ain't got to rush. Take your time. <laughs> that's, that's been coined traditionally, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but y'all know, um, man, I, I mean, I'm, I know that you guys are getting value out there. I know that I am. And I know that it does his heart good to be able to share some things that could uplift you in this hour. Yes. So yes. Um, you mentioned something. You said that this is the time, this meaning the pandemic, the current situation that we're all in now, to put in the groundwork. What is some of that groundwork that you've been putting in? Because um, what I mean by that is, okay, for instance, I'm a speaker. Before the pandemic, I had got, I had ordered my bulk load of books. So mm-hmm. go and speak in person and, you know, set up shop. That was yeah. my plan. Soon, I mean, as soon as those books landed to my home, here we go with what was going on. So yeah. no matter what level that you were on, whatever that you did have going on, it got shifted. Even the, 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 even the professionals, you know, the, the big league, so to speak, they had to kind of sit for a second and get themselves together and figure out how to do this thing virtually, how to still be effective, but from this yeah. angle. So what were some of the changes that you had to um, embark upon as far as putting in that that new groundwork? I wanted you to give especially singers advice on how they could still perform or do this with and put that groundwork in with all of this stuff going on. Well, you know, the one thing I will say, this this pandemic has surely, you know, made everybody tap into their creative side. You know, everybody had to become very creative, you know, in this mm-hmm. pandemic. And I will be honest, for gospel singers, you know, I would say it probably was a little different, you know, um, but then again, not much, because I know people in other genres, too, have really, you know, really took a hit as well. You know, I know, you know, some people who sing other genres of music, you know, uh, one of my best friends, you know, he is a musician as well. And, you know, he took, you know, a hit, you know, he does secular music, but he still, you know, took a hit when this pandemic happened. You know, I knew somebody who's an opera singer, you know, he took a hit, you know, when this happened. So all across the board, we all took a hit. Um, And I would say, especially for us gospel singers, because, you know, the churches didn't really open back up till later in the year. I felt like the churches were almost kind of the last thing to open, actually. You know, and some of them are are still doing, you know, services virtually. So, you know, whereas everything else is kind of slowly but surely opened back up. Once again, it goes, it all goes back to being still. When I say putting that groundwork, first and foremost, sit down, you know, and really plan out, okay, what am I going to do? You know, what am I doing now? What am I going to do? And even start planning for the future, because I've realized that's something that a lot of people, especially in my generation, we don't tend to think about all the time. But really, we need to start thinking about that. We need to start having five-year plans, 10-year plans, and, you know, and really trying to, you know, and don't get me wrong, you may have these plans and things may not go that way. And that's at least you have some sense of direction for where you're trying to go and something that you're aiming for versus just living life and just simply existing. I feel like, you know, for the groundwork, you know, putting in the groundwork, it was a lot of just the pandemic hit. Okay, now what? Okay, once again, for me personally, I can't speak for anybody else, but for me personally, it was like, okay, well, what can I do now that'll still be effective, even though I can't go out and sing? What can I do now? And that's when I felt that nudge from God saying, okay, this is the time I would have you to do 
all those things that I wanted you to do before, but you were too busy being busy, you know? So that's why I started, you know, doing all the things that I've been working on and currently working on and everything like that. Um, and I do uh, definitely, you know, plan on going back out in person and singing back out in churches and everything like that towards the end of this year. But for now, I took, I purposely took some time off to just finish focusing on the things that, you know, I felt God showed me like, okay, this is what you need to be doing right now. This is where your focus needs to be. So yeah, but um, I would definitely say for anybody else that may be listening, that may be a singer, especially a gospel singer in particular, this is the time to really ask God to show you for direction and truly let God lead. Truly let God lead. Don't just, you know, do whatever and go wherever, wherever you want to do and go wherever you want to go. And truly have God lead you. And, and like I said before, God, you know, God will show you the way. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, what advice would you give to an up and coming artist? Like, is there anything that you've learned along the way that you wish you had known, known um, before going into the music industry? Well, I can't say there's anything that I've learned that I didn't know before necessarily, but I will say this. My advice for any up and coming singer, especially up and coming gospel singers, and matter of fact, this message is going to be specifically for up and coming gospel singers. Rule number one, I feel like, is make sure you're getting into this for God's glory and God's glory alone. You know, this is not about us. We are simply a vessel being used to spread God's word and God's message. So if you want to sing something that's about you, then there are plenty of other genres that you can go sing and that you can, you know, make a great living out of. But when you're singing gospel, just know that it's not about you. It's all about God. And you are simply a vessel being used for a greater purpose. That's it. So make sure this is what you want to do. You know, don't come into this you know, with any ulterior motives or, or, or any type of thoughts of, oh, well, maybe, you know, I can do this. That, that. No, when you get into this, know that it's about God and you are glorifying his name and his kingdom. That's all we're doing. So that's number one. Number two, I would just say, really study the business side. I will certainly say that we have a lot of people who, you know, you have a lot of people who they get so excited when they, you know, when their hard work finally pays off and they get that opportunity to sign their first record deal and everything like that, you know, but then they go to sign their record deal and out of excitement and out of also ignorance, they sign the wrong thing. And now you're stuck in a contract for the next five, 10 years that, you know, you can't get out of, or you're stuck in some contract where, you know, really making, you know, what you thought you would be making or not getting, you know, a fair share of what you're putting in. You know, we've heard it time and time again of many different artists for, you know, gospel artists and any artists out there listening up and coming, definitely study the business side. Work on your craft, certainly work on your craft, perfect your craft, get it as good as you can possibly get it. But in the meantime, though, when you get a chance, definitely read articles, watch interviews, read books, listen to people's testimonies who have been in the industry, whether it's in front of the camera or behind the camera of how they've been done and their contracts, whether it be good or bad, you know, you know, take all that in, you know, because it'll help you when you get to your destination. I'm telling you right now, you know, I, I don't have a record deal right now or anything like that, but God willing, I get to that point. I promise you, I'm, I'm reading that contract. A lawyer's reading that contract. This person's reading it, that person reading it. You know, everybody reading that contract before I finally put my name on it because I want to make sure I know what I'm signing and I need other people also who's qualified to do so to give me some, you know, wisdom and parts some wisdom on me so that I can get the best deal that I'm possibly going for. So yeah, just know what you're getting into. Know the business that you're getting into. And once again, for all the gospel singers, please know, once again, this is all about glorifying God. This is not about us. This is not about us. Yes, absolutely. Yes, definitely, you guys. Know what you're getting yourself into. And especially when you're doing gospel music in particular, mm-hmm. know that it's about us. It's, it's, it's all about, it's bigger than us. Most certainly. Know what Most you're singing about. Know what you're ministering about because music is powerful. Yes, it is. Those yes, lyrics that you give are really going to help some people out. So just make sure that you have the attitude to match it and the heart to match it, you know, because somebody's life may be hanging on to your lyrics, your melody, you know. Exactly. 
it's it's bigger than that. So he gave some great um, wisdom there. Now, what types of events do you enjoy performing at and sharing your gift? Oh, there's a couple of different ones. Uh, you know, for me personally, if I had to say, okay, so one thing I will definitely say, you know, God has truly blessed me with singing at different, you know, types of churches. You know, yes, I'm a gospel singer, but I'm not necessarily your typical gospel singer. And when I say that, I just mean, to put it bluntly, I sing for all different denominations. I don't just sing at, at the Black churches. You know, yes, I'll see, you know, my roots at the end of the day are Baptist and Pentecostal, but, you know, I'll sing at a Baptist church. I'll sing at a Pentecostal church, Kojic, AME, Apostolic, all of that. But then I'll also go sing at a Roman Catholic church. I'll also go sing at a Lutheran church, Episcopal church, you know, Presbyterian. I'll sing at all of them. And the one thing I can say, God has blessed me to get a chance to do all of that, um, or at least most of them. And to be honest, for for two different reasons, I absolutely love singing at, at um, like, you know, at a Baptist church, you know, um, you know, but I also love singing at, you know, the those Roman Catholic cathedrals for two different reasons. Now, the Roman Catholic cathedral, I absolutely love it just simply because of the acoustics, you know, and I guess that's just more of a, from a singer standpoint. I just love <laughs> the acoustics. Like for me, the first thing I like when I go into a cathedral, the first thing, and it may be a little weird, but the first thing I love to do is just like whistle real quick, just so I can get a sense of what the acoustics is like, you know, and, and just, and you know, when I, and if I whistle and it's just, like, I could just hear it so sharp all over. I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one, you know? So, you know, I absolutely love it for that end. I love just the sound and those big cathedrals. I love, you know, the regalness of it. I just absolutely love it. The fullness, you know, it seems to give, you know, with the acoustics, I love all of that. Now, on the other hand, though, from a Baptist church or any black church you sing at, the one thing I absolutely love and it never gets old is the response. You know, I absolutely love the response. Now, singing at different types of churches, I'm able to say, though I love the acoustics and though I love the fullness and all the sound of singing in a, in a cathedral, you know, you don't necessarily get the most response, you know, <laughs> while you're singing, you gotta just get the clap afterwards and you go sit back down, you know, versus, you know, when you sing it at one of them good old Baptist churches, or you sing in that, you know, you know, at a black church, you know, by, you know, by the time you hit two or three notes, you got people standing up, you know, you better sing or, you know, you take your time, take your time, you know, <laughs> and I absolutely love that, you know, I love you know, I love that. And not, and I don't love it from a vain standpoint of like, oh, because, you know, they're hyping me up. I love it because we're worshiping together. Mm -hmm. And I love it because that's our, that's our time for fellowship, you mm -hmm. know? So, you know, for me, you know, when, when I hear people say that, you know, in the middle of a song or at the beginning of a song, I just look at it as people chiming in. So whether you know it or not, you're now part of the song since you said that. Since you said, take your time, you're now part of the song. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, don't come ask it for 10% or nothing like that, but you know, but you're still, <laughs> but you're still part of the song, you know, in your own way, you just added to the song, you've added to the experience, you know, even think about when you listen to some live albums or some live songs, there's a, there's a certain thing that when you're listening to certain live songs, it's because it's live and you hear the reaction of the audience or the congregation that mm -hmm. it stirs up the emotions in you and it makes the experience even, yeah. it heightens the experience for you because of that, you know? So yeah, you're a part, you know, you're a part of it. You know, you become part of the song. You're a part of this fellowship and, and, and worship at that point, you know? So I absolutely love it on that end. So, you know, it's, it's hard for me to say which one is my favorite because once again, it gives two different, you know, types of feelings, but I absolutely love you know, singing, you know, at, you know, at a good old Baptist church or any black church. And I definitely love singing at the big cathedrals because once again, the regalness that it, it you know, that it gives, you know, hearing, you know, your voice with all the acoustics and everything and the fullness, you know, that it sounds, you know, so, you know, that it gives, I absolutely love it. So, you know, I, I would have to say it's a tie. I, I love singing, I love singing uh, at cathedrals. I love singing, you know, um, at, you know, at any black church I've ever sang it, I enjoy it. So, you know, hey, they all my favorite, to be honest. And to be honest, it really doesn't matter to me. As long as I'm in church, I feel God wherever I'm at, you know. So as long as I'm singing for God in his house, no matter the denomination, I'm at where I'm supposed to be. And and uh, let the people know what you are doing now um, 
what you are working on, if you are open, open for bookings, uh, collaborations, just kind of give us that spill. Oh, yes. Thank you for asking. Yes, for as of right now, um, I am currently working on my demo in New York City, and I am super excited about that. We're almost finished. We have a few more songs to go. Um, it's, you know, so far it's been me, my uh, pianist, and my organist, and we have recorded some songs so far, um, and I'm super excited about it. Um, God has truly blessed me to work at some great studios in New York City. I mean, just about any singer you can name has you know, recorded at these studios that I have been recording at. And I've truly been blessed to be able to say that I am also recording in the same space. And God has truly blessed me to work with some great producers and engineers that have worked with the likes of Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber and Andre 3000. And mm -hmm. now they're working with little old me on my gospel demo. So, <laughs> I, you know, I truly appreciate it. And I truly appreciate them working with me because I'm like, I hope y'all know y'all ain't getting paid the same as you work with Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber and nothing like that. And, you know, this is this is a traditional gospel demo, so y'all ain't getting paid the same, but you know, but uh, but I thank y'all, you know, for working with me, you know, and God has truly blessed me in that way. And I'm truly thankful and grateful to God for this experience. And like I said, I will be finished that in uh, a few months and I'm looking forward to that. And now normally when you're working on a demo, it's really for you know, record labels and to shop, uh, ship around to record labels and everything right. like that. And that's definitely my main purpose for it. But I truly do feel like the music on it can bless people too. So I do feel like I'm going to make it for public consumption as well and have it on iTunes and Amazon and Google Play and all that when the time is right. I don't have an exact time yet, but you know, you could definitely follow me on at PJ Gospel Singer and follow my journey on completing this demo. And through there, you'll also you know, um, know when I decide to make it for public consumption as well. So I'm finishing up that right now. Glory to God. And I will also be filming, God willing, a concert, a virtual concert, God willing, from my home <laughs> church, um, which I'm super excited about. Oh, yes, my home church parked at a Methodist church in Bloomfield, New Jersey. And my goal is to have it, you know, up on YouTube and, you know, and everything like that, hopefully by Easter Sunday. Fingers crossed for that one, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I'm super excited about that. But we haven't got started on that yet. We're trying to finish this demo first before we get to that. Um, so, you know, I'm working on that. You know, I do have, you know, another photo shoot that I'm trying to plan for with, within the next, you know, six months. So I'm, you know, looking forward to that. My website, you know, we were in the very beginning stages of it, but my website is beginning to, you know, start being um, established. So I'm super excited about having that up um, and that should be, you know, uh, pjgospelsinger.online or pjgospelsinger.com, one of the two, but I'm pretty sure it'll be pjgospelsinger.online. And I'm super excited about that. And yes, I also look forward to getting back out here and actually singing and ministering in person again, hopefully by the end of this year. You know, like I said, I took some time off because you know, I have a lot that I'm working on. So and it's taking a lot of time and energy, you know, and everything. But um mm -hmm. So I have, you know, so I wanted to really focus my time and energy on these things, but I do feel like now it's time to at least go back and, you know, I'm not going to go back, you know, full throttle and go back into that old habit of just busying myself. I'm going to, you know, start slow. It may just be a few churches, but here I do plan on, you know, staying at a few churches, you know, throughout New Jersey um, and possibly New York as well, you know, so I look forward to that. And if anybody listening or anybody that comes across this, you know, any, for any bookings or anything, feel free to just, um, you know, go to my Instagram and uh, direct message me on Instagram. That'll be perfectly fine. Or on my Twitter, I also have Twitter at PJ Gospel Singer, you know, on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, you know, more often, way more often than I am Twitter. So you'll be more effective reaching me on Instagram. But yes, if you want to reach me, that's how you can reach me. And I will definitely be in touch. Yes. And you guys don't worry about anything. I will make sure that I link his information below the episode for you guys. You know, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Now, that's right. <laughs> end of the show, but this is by far my most favorite part of the show because this is the part where my guests, they get to be more vulnerable. And I feel like this part really adds value to the listener. It really speaks to someone each time with each unique guest. One of the main reasons why I started this podcast was because I had to take a moment and sit myself down and really listen to what God was telling me. For me, it's God. That's who I believe in. And yes. he told me to relaunch and revamp 
So it, it was a, it was a moment where I it didn't make sense because I I had clients, I had this, I had that, and I was just like, well, this doesn't make sense. But I listened, and I've met some incredible people. But I started doing some research, and I found out that the suicidal rate and the depression rate has skyrocketed. It was already high enough. Even one life is is enough. But exactly. it's, it it was already high enough. But when the pandemic happened, people were forced to 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 face their demons, to face what was going on in their life, their monsters, you know, and they were at home a lot without the chance of getting out and kind of venting and doing your normal. So that's why I created this show. So this question is um, this part of the show is very meaningful to me. So I want you guys to make sure that you stick around and listen. So, PJ, I'm going to give you a scenario and you just tell me. You tell the listeners what's on your heart, okay? Okay. All right. So you have a gentleman or a lady that um, they've been rooting for others for years. I mean, every event, just about everything that uh, another person, a friend, or an associate has had, they have been supporting them, cheering them on from the sidelines, just about that, you know, about that life, about the encouragement. And now one day... You know, they want to go ahead and step out on faith and they want to go ahead. They, they're they noticing that they have a gift. And and although they get a lot of support, they also mm-hmm. have a few haters. And mm-hmm. those haters are saying things like, you can't do that. You're too young. You're too old. Um, you don't look the part. You don't have the money, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they take that. And they pair it with their own thoughts of self-doubt and fears that they already have. So, you know, this is a, this could be a deadly combination right here when you got your own mind and then somebody mm-hmm. else's. So that oh, can push. Yeah. So this person is at the end of the road, PJ. And finally, they are thinking about giving up. Maybe what everybody was saying was true. And maybe my own personal voice of reason was true. What advice would you give to this person that is considering throwing in the towel? First and foremost, just know that the race is not given to the swift or the strong, but those that endure to the end. Okay. And that's for everybody out there listening. The race is not given to the swift or the strong, but those that endure to the end. You cannot let what other people tell you, you know, as far as them trying to bring you down and weigh you down, you cannot let that stop you from what God has for you. You know, and sometimes we're our own worst critics. And I know that's kind of the toughest to deal with. And, you know, I've been through that myself. So I know exactly how that is. But I promise you, if you take that alone time and just talk with God and ask God, walk me through getting rid of this self-doubt, walk me through getting rid of this fear, you know, I promise you God will do it. He, has, God has done that for me. I've dealt with that personally and God has done that, you know, for me. And, you know, I promise you, now I'm not going to say that it'll never creep back in. Sometimes when you have self-doubt, it'll always find, you know, a little way to sneak back in there. Fear will always find a way to sneak back in there. But I promise you, if you talk with God and, and let God lead you through it, God, if God brought you to it, he can bring you through it. And I promise you, God will lead you right on through it. And you can never give up. You know, you can never get up, give up and do not worry about people having something to say. People are always going to have something to say. Scripture tells us that to live without offense is impossible. There's You cannot live and not offend somebody in some type of way. Meaning, you know, right now, if I wanted to, I can go on Instagram and just make a short video and say, hey, everybody, I hope you have a great day. You know, and a lot of people might like that. But I'm sure there'll be two or three people. Well, don't tell me what kind of day to have. And who are you to who are you to tell me what kind of day? There's always going to be somebody to find the negative, you know, in what you're doing. Even if what you're doing is just pure of heart and you're just simply trying to spread joy and peace and comfort, people will find a way to say something. So you can't let that stop you either. You can absolutely let not let that stop you. You have to keep going. You have to keep going and know that anything worth having is not going to be easy to obtain. And let me tell you something, if it is obtained easy, you better watch out for it. I promise you, you better watch out for that. Nothing that's worth having is going to be easy to get, you know, but I promise you, and it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be easy to obtain, but I promise you, once you get there, you know, I promise you, 
once you get there, you'll see why you may have went through everything you went through. You know, really quickly, I got laid on my heart years ago, and it's called the masterpiece analogy. And what it basically means is, you know, we're just like a mold of, you know, a mold of clay, you know, you know, when a potter is sitting there and it's molding the clay, doing all these things, doing it's buff, you know, it's buffering out this part, buffing out this part, chiseling this part. But, you know, the piece of clay is an inanimate object. So, of course, it's not going to say anything. But what if it could say something back? Don't you think it would complain every time the chiseling part happens or the buffering part happens because it would hurt? That's just like us in life. You know, we have to go through all that chiseling and we have to go through all of that buffering to become the masterpiece that we are destined to be. Without that, there is no masterpiece. You have to go through that. You have to go through that chiseling phase, as I like to call it, to get to that masterpiece. You know, and the chiseling, it's going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable. And there's going to be times you feel like you don't want to go through this anymore. It hurts too much, you know, or it says costing me too much. But I promise you, if you hang it out, and stick it out to the end. I promise you, you'll see the masterpiece that God has designed and that God has purposed, you know, has purpose. So, you know, just hang in there till the end, but never give up, never give up. Well, you heard it. My soul has been anchored. <laughs> I can't think about traditional gospel music without singing that. He just puts me in the mind of him um, when he, you know, when he talks and everything. But anyway, let's get back to it. So now do you see what I meant in the intro when I said young man with a seasoned soul? I'm talking good seasonings too, like collard greens, fried chicken, mac and cheese, peach cobbler with the iced tea lemonade mix off to the side. Mm. I might have to make that today for dinner, but let's get back to PJ, okay? So let's take it back to that cup analogy. If your cup is empty, of course, you cannot pour out into anyone else because you yourself need some hydration. Now, I'd be a bit frustrated if I went out to eat, asked for a glass of pop or juice or something, you know, and I'm just handed this beautiful glass with no substance inside of it. So think about how many times we have appeared to have had it all together on the outside, but on the inside, our vessels is just as empty. Self-care is very important. So keep refilling yourself with goodness before depleting your own good. Now you may ask, how do I refill myself, Coach T? Well, you can do things like listen to good music, read books. You're too busy? Listen to audiobooks while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. Tune into podcasts such as these. Go to church. Join a group. Invest. Don't get scared. Invest in a mentor. All right. In other words, refill yourself by making healthy choices that replenish and add value to your core being. Okay, didn't mean to preach, but there it is, there it is. To reach out to PJ, check out his Instagram at PJ Gospel Singer. Don't worry, I will link everything down below for you to message him. And you can uh, message him about bookings or any, any type of inquiries that you have. Now, as for me, and to keep up with the Changed Up Now What movement, make sure you visit wwwcu n w.com now to keep up with the show to support the movement or to sign up for a coaching course and don't forget this saturday we have a virtual book writing party for more details go to my website it's linked in the description below and remember it is not until you are truly fed up that you will change up but after you've changed up then what i'll see you next week for more inspiration